Well, that was kind of glitchy. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Friday. I don't know that the the, <laughs> the Sega uh, ad was just like glitchy or something. It's probably my computer. It's like a million degrees in this uh, garage studio of mine. But it's uh, it's Friday, and that means it's Shiro Show. I'm Saturn Dave, and my compatriot Trainoko. How you doing, Pat? How's it going, everybody? How's it going? How's How? it going? Yeah. How? How? Indeed. Uh, yeah. No, I. I have a fan blasting on me. I'm hoping that my mic gate uh, is not allowing that to come through. But uh, we have 10 people in the chat. So to you 10 people in the chat, go get the rest of the folks and say, get in here. Did we do Did we do the at everyone announcement in Discord? I did. I okay. did an announcement on Thank Twitter, you, Facebook. Pat. Yes, I, you did. You I, mm -hmm. you picked that up. I completely forgot. I was at work and I was just like way in, <laughs> way in over my head. That's cool. I, I I just had to do what people were asking about, so I did it. Good, good. Oh, we got Genovi and um, watching it live. Nice, Genovi, go get your friends. <laughs> Tell them get, to get all your in friends. Here. No, yeah, be I like, mean, be like, watch this stream and look at these cool people. We're usually around. We're usually cool around like twenty-five or thirty uh, viewers, but I don't know. Maybe it's one of those Fridays. Maybe it's the heat wave. A couple Heats. people bit the dust. Oh, I was, my uh, favorite. Uh, favorite stand <laughs> what have you been doing this week what have you been up to aside well, from I haven't been playing ds games that's for sure you haven't been playing uh love plus no i haven't i, I guess for background we've been, we talked about that before we went on the show and is that actually in english or is it full japanese it what it might have had it might have like a translation by now but it was full japanese fair enough i need <laughs> to check that out uh for reasons for reasons, you need a waifu, a, a little pocket waifu. Apparently, apparently, I don't have a wife. I didn't know that though. I mean, the game. Apparently, the game was compelling enough for some guy to go marry it. So, and I mean, he had like a full-on ceremony with like witnesses. Yeah, that actually is confirmed. That actually is a real thing. A guy actually married yeah, his waifu in Love Plus, which is kind of crazy. But you know, to each his own. Yeah, I mean, I married that body pillow once. You know, on you know that. Uh, had a little, little too many at the uh, the bar in Vegas, and you know, just brought my uh, one of my my uh, body pillows in there and married it. You you know how it is sometimes. At least she'll open and close on command. But I'm no, I'm just kidding. Get a We're, DS. We, we just got canceled. No, we Thanks, just got dude. canceled. Okay, so anyway, uh, moving right on, moving right along. Uh, <clears throat> what are friends? That's what uh, I don't know. Go get your acquaintances then, and get them in here. <laughs> One of the comments was like, what are I, I friends? We're your friends. We are your friends. My, if you're here, my you're... My chair is breaking. When you, we're like the olive... Shiro's like the olive garden. When you're here, you're family. Get on in here. We don't have unlimited breadsticks, though. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the unlimited soup and breadsticks, but, you know, we'll help you lose weight. Anyway, uh... Don't, wa don't eat during watching our stream. There you go, you lost weight. Uh, Shadow Mask is Congrats. watching in 144p because he has 10% mobile data left. Oof. Kudos to you, Shadow yeah, Mask. He was saying he was in his car, like, uh, watching us. No, but that's dedication. Right? That's out. dedication. You're in your car watching Shio Show on 144p. You know he's a fan for life. Anyway, anyway, uh... Uh, I've, yeah, no, more... for waifu, 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 something hey, waifu. I feel somewhat responsible. I feel somewhat, like, mature because I actually wrote a couple articles this week. 
instead of letting all the slack go on to Pat, you know? That's so, cool. Slack, pack slack, Pat slack. Um, I slap like it. Pat. Don't slap me. I can't just even give reach me you. I can't reach you. My hand gets cut off by the. No, I just crop. like, psh, just. I'm punching the wrong direction, aren't I? Yep, I'm punching the wrong direction. So this there way. There you go. There you go. Oh, there we go. That way. Arm cutage. <laughs> they cut my arm off. If you guys could see this, okay, so this is going to make no sense for the people Darkness. who are listening to the podcast later. But uh, just trust me, it's entertaining to some degree. Uh, it's not. It's not. Hey, we played a, we played, I played, uh, well, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I forget, we played some virtual on, on Netlink. Oh, you yeah, that's right. I forgot, we forgot to mention that. We, more Netlink talk for the third week in the well, row. Well, I have no idea. I, I don't know why. It, we were, we started messing around with settings and that's where everything went south. But we did get in, we did get a couple of matches in and Pat just swept yeah. the floor with me, basically. But, well, no, you, you got me in the last two. Oh, I got, I, okay. I was I wasn't paying less attention to who actually won, and I was paying more attention, writing, taking notes on like what the latency difference was, you know, or what uh, how successful the 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 call was, I guess, you know. But yeah, uh, it worked about as as good as I expected it to be, which is really laggy. It worked it worked less than I expected, honestly, because that game is supposed to perform a bit better. And Pat and I are like neighboring states, so I don't really. I don't really know. We'll get to I the guess, bottom I guess, of it but sooner. we're still, we're still like eight hours away from each other, though, right? Yeah. Uh, but distance, you know, is for uh, Knight, Knight of Dragon is saying he actually doesn't think the distance is really the big deal. It's more the latency. At, at the end of the day, it's more uh, a matter of latency. And I realize this, they kind of are, there's a correlation, but I mean, he's had good, he's had better matches with other people farther away. And then he's had some bad matches with people that are closer. So it's not. Nessus, it's really just down to your connection and the latency and stuff like that. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know. We don't want to get stuck on this. So, I guess we'll open up the browser and talk about the plethora of news that we have to discuss. Not, yeah, Danthrax in the chat said, uh, Pat should have worn his Dreamcast shirt last week for Rainbow Cotton. I actually was going to wear another shirt this week, but it was, uh, it was Clerks 2. I was going to wear that, but then I realized that movie isn't that great and it's kind of didn't age as well as I thought it did. Oh yeah, Clerks two. So, Clerk, Clerks one though, that's the that's legit still. I have a Clerks one shirt somewhere. I just don't know where it is. I have to look for it. Cool. Well, uh, do you want to start talking about uh, Peter's article? Uh, sure. Did I'm you... not I'm not a big Panzer's Dragoon fan, but I can tell what I read about about it. You're not a Panzer Dragoon in, fan in general, or not a Saga? I'm, I just fan. haven't played the. I haven't played Saga at all. Oh. Well, okay. apparently I played it for five seconds to make sure it loads and then turn it off. Well, Dave's uh, like, Dave's like, I made a mistake bringing him on this podcast. No, seriously, you need to, you need to play this game. I mean, okay, so like some folks are gonna, some folks, uh, won't fault you for not playing it because there's actually, it's kind of divisive, as good of a game as it is, and I feel like it's a good game. Uh, there are some people who just don't care for it, and I sometimes I wonder like. Is it is it bad by comparison? Are they comparing it to something, or are they just angry that it costs so much? Or I don't know. It, it might be little things like that. Like I yeah. think people don't like that it's it's a twelve hundred dollars, which is ridiculous. But I mean, come on, GameCube games are getting ridiculously crazy too. I mean, even uh, yeah, was it like Kirby's Air Ride is like three hundred bucks? Uh, no, Kirby's Air Ride isn't three hundred bucks. It's not. No. Okay, which one? Sealed. Okay. No, I'm not thinking about Cube of War. Okay, maybe I'm thinking 
Cubivore. But are there uh, GameCube games in general are getting crazy. I think all retro yeah. games are getting crazy. Yeah, like I bought Cubivore for two fifty like a year ago, and I was like, man, I feel like overpaid. Now no, it's up to like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe not Kirby's Air Air Ride. Uh, I'm probably thinking of something else. But anyway. Those GameCube games are getting crazy. But anyway, yeah, it, it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous yeah. how much. But let's just not talk about how much this game costs, okay? Let's just talk about the game itself. Uh, Peter wrote a really deep article. If you guys want to get kind of emo, if you want to get a little deep with this, he really went into, like, the loss aspect of, of the game and, like, what it feels like to wander through uh, these wor worlds that seem meticulously created, but at the same time evoke this feeling of loneliness, which I think it re yeah. really did a good job of. Um, it's funny. It's funny how like a lot of these screenshots that he provided are like razor sharp. And a lot of the artwork actually doesn't look nearly as good as it does a little blurred on a, on a CRT. That's a side that's like just a side note, but I was just yeah, noticing that at, today. I'm looking at that picture of a of a edge in there, and it looks like he has like a mask on, like a, yeah, like he's like like he's got like a, a mask of that face on. Well, it's just like yeah, a lot. I, I realize that all of these assets were just it was just intended to be on a CRT from day one, obviously. So, uh, so it's like looking at some of this stuff, razor sharp pixels. It just kind of looks wrong. But anyway, that's completely beside the point. Um, <clears throat> When it comes to Panzer it is the point. When it comes to Panzer Dragoon Saga, you know, whether whether you like it or not, it definitely does something different uh in terms of RPGs. It definitely did something different for the Saturn. I mean, it was like a epic scale game. You didn't have a lot of those. I know Knight of Dragon is a huge fan of Shining Force 3 and well any of the shining we'll games that away. he's a big fan of shining force 3 and i, I personally okay so like i personally like shining force 3 better than panzer dragon saga i think it's a better game but that's just personally okay but i still love panzer dragon saga i think it's a great game i just you know it's just and and maybe it was when folks played it or what they were doing at the time or how they felt you know i feel like when as a gamer or as a you know like a person who loves to watch films and stuff like that when you watched it what was happening in your life at the time has a lot to do with like the lasting effect a game has on you um and so for me i um i kind of you know played it once earlier in the day and um i think at that time i was probably comparing it to things like final fantasy too much you know and that's the thing is i was just kind of comparing it to other things and i wasn't as impressed but then later on, um, I went back and played this game uh, before Shiro, like right before forming uh, the Shiro podcast, I was playing this thing. And um, I don't know, it, at that time, it just hit me and it was the right timing, I guess. And it was a really fun, it was a really fun game, fun playthrough, not that long of an RPG. Um, so when you're comparing it to other games that are giving you like a 70 hour campaign, that is not this game. But um you know, it, it, it definitely is a world-building game. It's that, That's what they're so good at. Um, Team Andromeda. We're really good at just that world-building aspect. Really did, really did feel post-apocalyptic, but not in a cyberpunk kind of way, you know? Like, in a true, like, post-apocalyptic, just there's nothing left, you know? Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I like about, like, the post-apocalyptic thing. Like, it can go so many ways. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, like, cyberpunk or have to be, like, you know, mm -hmm. a Mad Max-esque. It could be a, diff a different things altogether. Yeah. And I really like this example of it. And uh, 
I think the one thing I like the most about Peter's article is his uh, story about you know uh, looking out for the game and then like uh, riding the bus to go pick it up and mm-hmm. telling his friend that there was going to E3 to go get it for him. Yeah, that's that's another thing. We can't really, I can't, we can't do Peter's article justice, guys, um, just from a talk talking points, you know, because we're kind of limited on time. But you guys really owe it to yourself if you like this game. If you have any interest in Panzer Dragon Saga, go check out Peter's article. It's like a 15 minute read uh, or less if you're a fast reader. And uh, and it's good. It's worth it. Like, I love how Peter really goes into like that personal aspect of when he played a game, what he felt at the time, you know, details and Peter's writing style is great. I really like it. I can't recommend it enough. Um, one thing I really loved about this game, I think a lot of people agree, even those who aren't crazy about the game, is Kobayashi. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, and I yeah, and I often I often like to champion the the Saturn's hard uh, hardware, like its sound hardware, uh, in, in terms of like chip tunes and stuff like that. But I will say that there are some points in this game where the music is kind of grating. Like, you know, when you're in the city or something like that, and it's just very, like, um, it's just very, like, organy, <laughs> you know, like where it's just kind of like riding on a, uh, on a tonic or something like that. And it just kind of gets a little grating to me. There are, there are obviously parts of the, the game where the music is, you know, uh, you know, sweeping and it's very orchestral. But then there are those times where it just kind of like grates on me. And I and mm. I think that that's one of those things where I would have liked it better if it was full orchestral, but they didn't have enough room. I mean, as as it is, it was a four disc game, and that's with chip tunes, you know. So it was like uh, they probably couldn't fit that kind of information, that kind of like red book audio, in addition to. I mean, I, I guarantee that's why they went that route is just so they could fit more information and graphics and stuff like that onto the discs. But yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Panzer Dragon? We're, we're actually going to be talking about it again, Pat, because the best of Saturn. Do you just want to do the best of Saturn next? Though? Yeah. We can just do it in one go. Yeah, we can skip ahead. <laughs> Why not? We're already talking about it. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, should folks go check out Panzer Dragon Saga if they haven't yet, Pat? I'm asking somebody no. who has. No, you don't think that they should. I'm just joking. Yeah, of course they should check it out. I think it's a great game from Wait, what I've you seen. You haven't of it. played it. <laughs> you haven't played it, Pat. You need to I go know. play. I didn't it. say it looks good. Okay, well, it, it does look good, but I really think you would enjoy it, and it's not that big of a time commitment. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those I'm gonna pick up. I'm trying to finish up Final Fantasy VII remake right now. It's pretty long. Oh yeah. And the side okay. quests are getting really annoying now, so I'm trying to figure were, all those out. I didn't know you were playing Final Fantasy VII remake. Okay. Yeah. I know um, you just like finished. Right at the end. Yeah, you played Utena, right? Uh, you played. Wasn't that you? Uh, Peter played Utena. Did you play it too? Yeah. I played a Soccer Wars on the You played PS4. Soccer Wars, okay. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so when you get done with Final Fantasy VII, put this, uh, bump this to the top of your backlog and play it. It won't take you, you you'll finish it in a week of just, like, small game sessions, I'm sure. It's not that big yeah, of a deal. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to play this one. I want to play uh, Yakuza 0. Oh, man, yeah. Yakuza 0 is a, well, that's a fantastic game, and it gets a lot of, uh, it's a lot of love from folks. Again, another another great like story building and world building game. But I mean, for folks that are considering playing Panzer Dragon Saga, I, I really would just say, you know, burn or rip or download a copy, put it on your ODE or on a disc or whatever. There are action replay codes that will allow you to boot it uh, there, you know, even though it has copy protection. There might even be an image out there with copy protection removed. I'm not sure. Time has gone by. No, no, yeah. yeah, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, 
but it's you, worth. You can search the seven seas for it, though. It's worth trying. Yeah, the seven seas. Nice. Um, no, I mean, I, it, it's definitely worth playing, and I know um, one of the biggest uh, one of the one of the biggest memories I have of this game was a more recent memory within the last few years where Chaz, uh, who was doing a lot of our game streaming at the time, did a, like a live stream of this game in like four parts four or five parts. Yeah. And he finished it off and 100% completed it live, um, which I mean, it's hard. And that's all to, on our YouTube, too. It, it is on our YouTube saved for posterity. So you can go check out. And if so, if you want uh, some handholding or you, you want to know how to 100% it yourself, there is a live playthrough on our YouTube. You just scroll down a really long ways. Uh, you can find a live playthrough, 100% completion of Panzer Dragon Saga. And Chaz is just like so elated at the end when he finally does it, you know? When it finally says 100%, you can walk among the gods or whatever. Uh, it's just crazy, like hearing him shout and get all excited. And I was excited with him because I just couldn't believe he did it. You can, yeah. Uh, uh yeah. I've seen a lot of people say maybe Packet stream Pendra Saga during the gameplay portion of the Shiro show. Say what now? Um, Do what? Like play play Panzer Dragoon through the the gameplay portion of the Shiro show. Yeah, we could. You get an hour. The thing is, there's there's a lot of FMV in the beginning, so you either have to like save after that to show some people some actual gameplay, because it, like if you only have like an hour to stream, unless you're going to do like an extended stream, it'd be mostly FMV, and then you'd get like a little bit of gameplay. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, go check it out if you haven't already. I know Knight's not a big fan of the game. He said it was a he said it was a snore fest. Um, I don't agree, but that's okay. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, and I totally understand that there are reasons why. Uh, there are reasons extenuating beyond the game itself why people either like it or dislike it. But taken on its own merits, I think that it's a great game. And I think that it uh, is worthy of the Panzer Dragoon name. Which is Fair saying enough. something. Yeah. But um, Fair enough. moving on, moving on. We have... Play something good is all I got to say about that. <laughs> Speaking so, of playing something good, though, CubeCat. CubeCat. You have played this, Pat. And you liked I it, have. right? Did you, didn't you... I really liked this. Did it you was my favorite game of the competition. Favorite game of the competition, yeah. Crazy, right? Because uh, I kind of said, like, the the big takeaway... Well, there were a couple takeaways from this interview, and, and I really enjoyed... Um, I really enjoyed uh, editing up this interview. Uh, pretty much, he gave me all the <laughs> gave me all the answers mm. aside from the questions. But just editing it, reading and rereading, I really enjoyed going through and getting uh, Seven Shades kind of uh, you know his thoughts on game development. Uh, he being a very new to game development, and uh, and just like m my takeaway, my first takeaway from this is that this game kind of came out of nowhere, right? It wasn't one of those games that we were like anticipating or looking forward to when yeah. the competition came around. It was just kind of like, oh, there's that game. Okay, there's there's XL2 submission. Okay, there's Emeralds. You know, oh, what's this? You know, like that's all it was. It was like, okay, here's my mm -hmm. first game. Here's my first submission. Cube Cat. No, no, you know, <laughs> no profile pick. No, no, no posts previous to this. It was just like, okay, this came out of the woodwork and. Um, and so, you know, I played it and it was like when you fired it up and it was like got this cute little title screen and solid gameplay. And you're just like, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? You know, so that was like the first thing that hit me is just like, OK, Seven Shades. He's not big into social media. He's not big into forums. That's just not his thing. Right. 
And so he was just like working on this thing diligently for a while and then just submitted it, uh, you know, to, to see what folks thought. And uh, like like Pat here and like me, I didn't I, I don't think I gave it my number one, but I gave it like my two or three spot uh, because it really surprised me. And I was uh, I was pleasantly supplied pleasantly surprised by the gameplay. Yeah, I was I was I was surprised that there's another person that really got inspired by John Linneman's uh, a Quake video. Yeah. And you know, I think um, that's like the second person that did development that got inspired by it. Yeah, second person to mention. I'm sure tons of people have been mentioned. Uh, tons of people have been inspired by John's videos, um, but second person to mention it in one of these interviews, and also fourth or fifth person to mention Johannes Fetz and Joe Engine. And you know, I got it. I I'm trying to line up an interview with Johannes uh, next so I can get him down for an interview because it's like. Here's all these folks that are saying, you know, like I knew nothing about Saturn. Uh, I knew nothing about Saturn development, but I just wanted to get started. So I downloaded the Joe engine. It sat on my desktop for months until I finally got up the nerve to start messing around with it. Once I did, I got something up and running. And before then, it just snowballed into a project. And now, you know, months or years later, here we are, you know. So it's like lots of folks shouting Joe engine, at least as a place where they got started. And... Um, uh, let me see here. Interested in game development from a young age. He never had a game console until he got a used Nintendo 64 during the GameCube uh. era. So the GameCube was already out. He got like a discount Nintendo 64. He'd spend most of his youth uh, going over to friends' houses and playing their systems and kind of then coming back home and kind of make uh, making like his own imaginary games. You know, he uh, you know, he would draw pictures. He would do concept art and stuff like that, try to make up his own games and stuff. So he had an interesting game design from an early age, just didn't couldn't get his hands on any hardware. He dabbled around with RPG Maker a bit. Um, it uh, he was a Nintendo fan, just like me. He said there's really something about Saturn, I guess, that kind of turned him over to like a Sega and Saturn fan and he's just trying to like make up for it ever since grew up as a Nintendo fan and I can totally relate to that because I was totally totally in the Nintendo until like the Saturn came around and there was just a mystique there that uh, won me over maybe it was this feeling that like this console has a lot of secrets that it holds that a lot of people will never know because they just won't ever even get into it um, and a lot of folks just will never even know the potential that the console holds just because it never got its chance it never got its full five years on the market or or well, I mean, six or if, seven. Uh, if, if the prices of it are an indication, I mean that's li changing little by little. Yes, yes. Um, you know, folks are getting into it now for sure. Um, so yeah, I saw John Linneman's video of the Quake. You know, and getting getting really into the nitty gritty of how the Saturn hardware works, how VDP one and VDP two render. Got the Joe engine on his desktop. Uh, just sat there for a while but then he started finally started messing with it and he was able to get something up and running relatively easy just with a little bit of c knowledge um and i'm trying to think okay so cube cat was basically his first uh his first project uh essentially outside of like doing rpg maker or whatever which is you know kind of a closed platform but essentially, you know, he, he, he mentions Joe Engine, he mentions XL2 and Sonic Z-Tream, that project, as inspiration. Uh, he wanted to do a, he wanted to do a platformy game on the Saturn, which he felt like there was, it was really bereft of any kind of platform games. You had, we had a few, uh, but not, you know, we had Croc, we had uh, the Nin, Ninpen Manmaru, 
Uh, what else? I don't really know. Like, a, a, a whole lot of other uh, platforming games. There was that ninja game. That ninja... I forget what it was called. But anyway, suffice it to say, you know, he wanted to develop a platforming game that would just uh, focus on, you know, solid gameplay mechanics. Um, and he mentions that uh, the floating limbs, like the floating ears and floating limbs, were really just a product of his... Uh, limits at the time like he didn't know he only knew how to do hierarchical animation and he didn't really know how to get like connected limbs uh, kind of reminds me of Rayman almost yeah yeah exactly well you know that yeah that does and uh, and so he went from there the yarn ball mechanic is the most recent mechanic uh, that added complexity to the gameplay um, there's some physics going on there as well it's really impressive it works really well um, th for this being his first project, I'm really impressed uh, at just how well it works. And I guess part of that it comes back to his design philosophy of keeping things simple and keeping things doable in the short term. You know, he said uh, as far as development strategy goes, he just likes to keep the scope limited to something that he can achieve in the short term. Uh, this goes back to XL2's uh, interview. XL2 said in, the, in, in not the same words, but about the same words, that basically if you can get something up and running, you can give yourself motivation to keep going. If, if, you're, if you're working on some of the more esoteric uh, you know, coding stuff or uh, maths and physics stuff, and you're trying, to, you know, you're trying to niggle with making everything perfect... Uh, you don't really have that much reward, you know, to, you know, but seeing your stuff up and running on the screen, it just gives you that kind of motivation to keep going. And that's kind exactly. of what he described it's satisfying, here. especially from a developer position. It's Absolutely. like finally after all the all the errors, all the sh stuff not working. It's like yeah. finally. And, you know, as far as his philosophy in game design and that granted, he is a new developer. So I, I, I guarantee he'll continue to build new philosophies and and develop new strategies in game design. But right now. Um, as it is being an avid game player, uh, you know, he said when it comes to designing any genre of game, he doesn't want there to be any assets that go unused or without a purpose. You know, if there, if it's going to be a platforming game, every single platform better be platformable. You know, every be, better be jumpable. You know, it's don't have, you know, invisible walls, don't have, you know, assets in the game that just are there for no other reason other than to look good in the distance, you know. I mean, unless it's a background painting or something. But yeah, basically he was saying like when it comes to designing a game, you know, make sure that there is a purpose for everything. And if and if there's not, then just get rid of it and scale it down, you know. And maybe this is why, and this is a quote, maybe this is why I'm such a big fan of 32-bit era. The 3D technology was primitive enough that most games couldn't afford too much unnecessary clutter in their design. And I would have to agree with that to some extent. Yeah, um, for sure. I definitely think that uh, he goes with the sort of the design of just keeping it simple and, you know, mm -hmm. keeping everything as elegant as possible and make make use of every single object. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Pat, so, you know, he goes on to think, on this uh, personal perspective, what you can uh, talk about, uh, let's see, Saturn development in general. You know, he talks about how Joe Engine is actually really easy to get up and running with. Um, uh, I imagine, Pat, if you actually had time, which I know you don't, uh, you're mm -hmm. crazy busy just like me uh, and if you did have time you do have C C coding and you yep. probably could make a game with, with Joe Engine it sounds like you could get an up run running quite easily he said it was, it's when you get into the crazy stuff that VDP1 and VDP2 can do that it gets tricky and that's really when you need to start referencing the manuals which are still poorly translated from Japanese I wonder that you know if that's a project that uh, I mean that would be a huge project but I wonder 
if a better translation of those manuals exists or if it's a project that's underway in the community. Thing is, the, the Saturn development community is still niche enough that everybody's probably just asking each other and working off the poor, poorly translated document documentation as it is. But it'd be cool if that if that was uh, had a better translation down the road uh, for new programmers. But yeah, it sounds like if any of you guys watching are remotely interested in Saturn development and you have some, you know, simple C programming skill, uh, or knowledge of C, C language, you can download um, Joe Engine and get something at least started, you know? And then it's from there, you're just uh, going to the forums and talking to developers like XL2 or Pona, asking questions. Um, they're very helpful over there on the Sega Extreme forums. Um, no pretension, you know, they're not like too cool to be, <laughs> to be able to help a newbie. You know, they're all very happy to help, I've noticed. So if there's interest in, in doing uh, design on Saturn, uh, take it from Seven Shades, who never designed a game before this, that you can do it too. Just have to dedicate the time, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. He's been working with SGL, Sega Graphics Library, which I know that um, XL2 was too. I believe that's kind of how he went. He went Joe Engine, he went Sega Graphics Library, eventually he just had to write his own renderer uh, because he wanted to kind of move away from that. Um, and, uh, and that's what XL2 is doing right now, I think might have gone that way as well with the help of XL2 um, and now I feel bad that I'm not remembering that quite well but anyway um, if you could change one thing about the hardware he said actually it's kind of difficult to answer that because it's part of the charm you know just how janky it is <laughs> and I guess I kind of agree with him um, but you know they're uh, you know he, he talks about you know copying data over uh, to VDP2 and stuff like that, talking about transparencies, basically the stuff that uh, that plagued developers back in the day. That's the kind of stuff that uh, he wishes that it would just be easier to do some of that stuff. Um, thoughts on Saturn development right now is that it's growing every day. You know, it's continuing to grow, that it's a helpful environment. Um, biggest hurdle is uh, just getting it more widespread, getting, uh, you know, the thing is he talks about the Saturn copyright protection and I think for a lot of developers, that's the thing, you know, it's like, it would be great if, uh, the scene might see kind of like a renaissance or kind of like a, a, a huge growth. If somehow we were able to crack that, that, that ring protection, you know, because if that happened, then all of a sudden you'd have, you'd have teams that were more on board with, okay, we could actually develop a game and put it out and make some money off of it rather than yeah. it just being like a hobby project that we're going to do in our basement or in our bedroom or whatever. And that's kind of where it's at right now is these one man, uh, you know, one man team, lots of, you know, lots of going to the forums, lots of uh, community resources and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like a one man team taking forever, just working on it as a passion project with no real hope of really making a buck off of it. But that's not the reason they're doing it. I realize with the homebrew, but uh, in order for us to see, you know, more games on the Saturn, it would be great. Shade says, uh, Seven Shades says that it would be great if we could, you know, get get that to that point where we, somebody was able to reverse engineer that uh, ring, the wobble on the on the Saturn discs. Hopefully, we'll get there one day. But uh, I do agree with the uh, with Genovi saying that that he would definitely fund a CubeCat uh, physical release. I would too, in a heartbeat. I would pay, uh, you know, like for a game. It depends on how how much he fleshes it out. But I mean, I'd pay twenty bucks for a game like that. Or, or 30 if it, if it had like several levels, uh, you know, it's a, it go. And, and by the way, guys, uh, there is a link here on the article up at the top 
and this links to the Sega Extreme posting. You can go download this. You can play it on your Satiator or your Fenrir. Um, I believe you can even burn it to a disc. Check it out. Play it. Um, you're a little cat who, you know, bumps a little yarn ball around the around the play field, and you have to get it up on top of platforms, and you have to uh, collect these bells, and then you have to get it to the little mat, the little cat's like sleep mat, and then you yeah, move on to the next he's, level. He's adding enemies to it now, right? He's he's added cube rat. Exactly. I I, I had a picture of him here. Where is he? Cube rat. He's like, right there. Here's he's like cube towards rat. The bottom. Yeah, there he is. Cube rats. So yeah, there's the enemies now. Um, and you know, he's it's just at the it's at kind of like a start, you know. I mean, there's the possibilities are endless, but the fact that he's got it up and running like this with these like moving platforms, I mean he's even got like he's even got the up and down moving platforms, the uh these ones right here. Where is it? There you go. These these platforms that move kind of in circular fashion, which is very similar to like the Ninpen Manmaru game. Um, I would say that this game actually controls better than Ninpen Manmaru. It's uh, Ninpen is kind of uh, frustrating at times, and this game I didn't have that problem. I felt like the platforming was very solid. So it was made by a good developer. So good developer took his time, limited the scope to what was uh, you know what he could achieve, and making sure that the primary thing is good solid gameplay, you know, and that's what matters. So anyway, moving on. <clears throat> What else do we move? What, what? Okay, what else is next? What's move next? Move to the left. Oh yeah. <laughs> also, I like I like this joke. Uh, I like this joke by historic nerd. Sega Saturn pickup line: "Girl, is that dithering? Because I see a central locked in a never-ending pattern." <laughs> that is such a I'm nerd joke. That, that is such a nerd joke. I'm stealing that one. You're stealing that one. Um, I did okay. So I did a little write-up on Facey Space uh, a few years back, or a year back. I don't know on CyberSound. It wasn't. It wasn't really that much of a write-up. It was really just that I had found while searching on eBay. I'd found where was it? I found, I'd found this. I found this like uh, this keyboard. It was like an entire suite, like CyberSound Studio 3.0. It's like a little keyboard that you hook up to your. A MIDI keyboard you hook up to your PC and you get like oh, a yeah, map. I remember this. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, I was like, wow, I was blown away because um, at that point I didn't realize that they had actually released it as like a home product that people could uh, could use, but it piqued my interest and it caused me to want to, uh, um, I guess, you know, further investigate what CyberSound actually was. And so are you familiar? Have you ever messed around with the Saturn's, uh, you know, sound menu, just like the you know, the CD player, you know how yeah. it's got like, it's got like that built-in DAC and it's got that ability to raise and lower pitch and mess around with the audio and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, so it's got a lot of power under the hood, you know, and it's got the ability to, um, you know, it's got the ability to manipulate uh, sounds and stuff like that. But it's also this custom sound processor, the Yamaha chip is directly connected to a paltry 512 kilobytes of memory, in fact, of RAM. In fact, that's the one uh, that was kind of like the one criticism against the sound system is that it, it would have been better if that was like a full megabyte. Anyway, 512 kilobytes of dedicated audio RAM. And the whole audio system is controlled by that Motorola um, 68,000, 68,000. 68, yeah, like the Genesis, you know, leftover Genesis chips, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, essentially in that audio RAM, you could store, you know, raw wave samples, you know, raw audio samples. Um, you could also store software programs like Q Sound, you know, and like Capcom would use Q Sound to do like the fake surround 
you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, they'd put it in the DTS newsletters to the developers, like early on, like Q sound, Q, you know, use Q sound, license it for your game, you know, to get like that fake surround sound thing going on. Um, Kenji Eno did his own kind of like fake surround sound. It wasn't Q sound, but it, he did his own thing with warp, you know, with enemy zero uh, uh, for, for enemy zero. But, um, and I think he used it as well in the uh, Kaze, what was it? The real sound, Kaze no regret. Anyway, Envision also was a company in the mid 90s, well, late 80s, mid 90s, that they, they had their own package, their own thing called Cybersound. And they licensed it early. They licensed it out early to Sega as an instrument library. That's that's essentially what it was. It was an inst, uh, like a MIDI instrument library slash dr sound driver for, you know, for playback of these sounds. Um, and they actually licensed it early on uh, as uh, as an option or just stand, it was basically known as the Sega Sound Library uh, before I would say like 1996 is when they actually started using the Cybersound name and branding to kind of like advertise it as a feature on the games, you know, it was always mm -hmm. there. And so if you go to if you go to the uh, Sega Retro link that I put at the bottom here. I, I put some links, some, where are they? There they are. I put more information. There are some links on it, some articles you can read up on. It turns out that uh, a lot of early on games still use the same thing. They still use the same thing. It just wasn't called Cybersound. It was just called the Sega Sound Library. And then they kind of rebranded it. Um, but it was always Cybersound GM was the package, basically. And uh, there are several games uh, such as... Uh, you know, Nights into Dreams and Dragon Force and uh, just numerous, numerous other games, Soccer Wars that use this game, that use this system, that use these uh, these virtual instruments in their games. And of course, Knights is one of the most high profile games where you can actually interact uh, with it to some degree in the melody box on Christmas nights. And you can kind of see how cool. Yeah. Like if you piss the Nightopians off, then the music changes. Uh, if you make them happy or you do something else, you know, the, the music gets neutral or it gets happy, you know, and it kind of, and it kind of changes per mare, you know, like, so within a le within an entire level, there's like four mares and it can change per, per mare. So you just have like this unique soundtrack that, uh, is, you know, it may, it may not be discovered until much later by somebody else, you know, by doing the same thing that you did. But, uh, anyway, that's Cybersound in a nutshell. Uh, you can actually download it and mess around with it on PC or on Mac. If you got like a virtual machine or you got an old PC that can run it, uh, there's a DMG here for Mac, and then there's just an EXE for P or zip file with a bunch of stuff that you can check out. And if you have a little MIDI keyboard at home, uh, you don't need this one that came with it. You can uh, you can download the manual here, and you just use your own MIDI keyboard and uh, mess around with Cybersound on your keyboard. I should probably check out my key. See if I can hook up my keyboard to it. Yeah, you, you probably could. I mean, if it's a, it's a if it's a general MIDI controller, I'm sure you can. Um, but uh, yeah, we got the original uh, Cybersound website through the Wayback Machine for you guys to peruse. A um, couple articles, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, maybe one day I'll do an article on Q Sound. That'll be interesting. There's there's a lot more information to be honest with you out there about Q Sound because it was. Incredibly high profile, popular, used in yeah. arcades, used on consoles, licensed to a lot of different companies. Uh, where Cybersound flew a little bit less, it flew a little bit more under the radar. But I, I still find it fascinating because I'm a huge Knights fan, and I love the Saturn. I love the Saturn Mr. sound Knight. chip. Well, Silent well, Knight. Peter and I, Peter and I, we're we're both big Knights fans, and I'm not gonna bunch of Knight nerds. I, I no regrets, no defense. <laughs> I'm a Knights fan through and through. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
And then finally, uh, you posted up this retrospective on our Halloween episode, our first ever. Yep. Uh, this is uh, so. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we have a podcast, uh, Sega Saturn Shiro. You can subscribe on iTunes and you and it's on YouTube underneath the po- Shiro podcast uh, episode link. Uh, that's actually where we, we also post our Shiro show episodes, the full show on there as well. If you want to listen to that, just edit it vocally. And then if you want to watch it, you can just go on uh, our Patreon and support us and get the full show edited and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. anyways, uh, this week we uh, decided to do a retrospective on our, like Dave said, our first ep- Halloween episode, Spooky Center and Halloween. And actually, I'm not sure, was this a, your your episode idea, Dave? I can't remember. I think it was just Halloween. It's like, you know, every sitcom has a... Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas episode. It was Halloween. We still have yet to have our very special episode. episode. We were all, we we're all like, we got to do a we got to do a Halloween episode. It, incidentally, this is one that I would definitely recommend folks go back to, because here's the thing, guys. There's only so many spooky games on the Saturn, right? You know, there's only so many Halloween games on the Saturn. So every year, and we've been doing this for four years now or whatever. Every year, we've had to get a little bit more creative in terms of like what we consider a a, a Halloween game on the Saturn, right? You know? So, like, if you go back to this year, you're going to get, like, the heavy hitters. You're going to get, like, the most obvious choices. But still... I think we did all of them, too. We just talked (laughs) about every single one. We talked about Castlevania in this. Oh, and that's funny. that We talked about Castlevania in here pre-Night of Dragon having anything to do with it, right? Pre-patch, pre-all that stuff. So you can go back and... I think I said that I actually beat it for the first time. You can listen to us talking about like how janky it is and how like uh, and how you, you it's hard to play because it's not in English and stuff like that. And it's a little bit of a nostalgia laugh because, of course, like, you know, we've come so far. The community has brought that game so far. And I mean, there's uh, you know, we talk about Mr. Bones and we give Pat a few, uh, you know, packets of boner <laughs> over Mr. Bones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know he hates that. No, but I mean, I think I think it's one of those ones where I definitely recommend putting folks go back to it because we're we're probably not gonna You're such like, a bonehead dave i'm a bonehead <laughs> and and you know make no bones about it but anyway <laughs> i think i think you guys should go back and listen to this podcast if you haven't okay um halloween's coming up soon guys two months away some, some it's yeah like spooky season some channels some channels i don't go back and, and watch the early content for whatever reason i mean maybe maybe it's the production value or something like that but for our stuff um I'm biased, okay? And then also, no, I just think it's good. Like, I think you guys should go back and listen to these older podcasts because there's still good stuff to get out of it. And well, also, we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, a lot of celebs in the chat. We got Historic Nerd, Genovi, oh my and SSG just rolled SSG in. SSG just rolled in. Sam, how you he doing? Needs to, he needs to roll into our Discord and t- start boy. talking to us. <laughs> he my better get on the Discord and start getting on on mic. I yeah, swear. get in here on the mic, dude. Unless you're in your car, you hear you watch, talk unless about, you're like shadow mask and you're in your car watching at 144p. That yeah, reminds me of like that. that reminds but, me of Cameron. But, you know, Sundane, like before he got good internet, he'd be like, I'm out in my car and I'm the record I'm like recording with you guys on my phone and it's, it's like, like really geez. janky. But I'm happy for him but because yeah, he got I, I like good this internet. Comment, like that that's the first that's the first episode he actually listened to ours. Who? What wait, what? Sam. He said Oh said that'd be the, the OG Hollow's Eve cast. Actually the first one y'all's ever listened to, if I that's remember right. correct. Yeah, and uh, we talked about Resident Evil, which is like Sam's first game, 
for those of y'all who don't know, and I'm saying y'all because I'm talking about Sam. For those of you who don't those know, of y'all that don't that, know, that was Sam's first game on the Saturn. That was like the <laughs> reason why he wanted to buy a Saturn. He got that game home. He played it all night. He got stuck on the snake. I know the story like the back of my hand. Got stuck on uh, yawn or whatever on the on the snake, and he didn't realize that oh, he yeah. just that he wasn't even supposed to fight it. He was just supposed to run around. <laughs> he I, actually I was on our second Halloween cast, I think, too. And he talked about that. Yeah, I've heard that story like. A million times now, but it never gets old. It never gets old because yeah. he's so enthusiastic. Jeez. He's so enthusiastic yeah, about it. It's, speaking of Resident Evil, I even talked about uh, my tradition of always every Halloween playing Resident Evil Two, and I swear yeah. that's before the remake came out. And we started talking about the remake too a little bit. That's before it. Uh, we were excited for the it remake. Was, yeah, yeah. It was it was a year and a half before it dropped on PS4. But yeah, um, I really, I really liked Resident Evil Two. I must beat it like thirty-five times, maybe, probably yeah. more. Yeah. So. But yeah. Um, off the top of the dome, uh, the games that you guys gotta play. If you've not, if you've not played D, you must play that game. I don't care what console you play it on. Play it on PlayStation, PC, 3DO, Saturn. Go experience D. I'm not gonna tell you the ending because that would completely spoil it. But if you don't know already then go play it and experience it. It's like a two-hour sitting. get the D. Uh, Enemy Zero. I'm a huge fan. I think that game should be experienced. Um, Wild Potato Industries? Or was it Thor High Heels? I can't remember. One of those guys did a recent stream of it um, on their channel, and I thought it was great. And I and I, I was able to watch most of it. Um, but that's just another phenomenal game. I love Kenji Eno. Uh, rest in peace. And those are great, great Halloween games that you guys gotta gotta check out. Castlevania. There's also the Capcom Generations as well. Capcom Generations. What are you talking about? Dark Soccer's. That, yeah. that fits. No, no. Capcom oh. Generations has uh, Ghosts oh, and Goblins. Ghosts and, Gob- and, Ghost yeah. and Ghouls. Yep. Daimakaimura. Um, so go check out Ghosts and Goblins. Check out um, Night Warriors and Dark Soccer's Vampire Savior. Those, you know, they got the Halloween characters in them. They're great fighting games. Uh, if you have a Halloween party going on at your house or something like that, you got the chips, you got the beer, you got a, you got a bunch of people over, play some Night Warriors. That's a lot of fun. Um, what else? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I think my favorite thing about that is uh, is that um, with the with the, your your thing that you're talking about, you, you were talking about resurrecting uh, the old Sega Saturn website. Old Sega website and Sega Lagoon. Yeah. Which no, okay, yeah, yeah, Sherman's Lagoon. It was weird. There was a, I was talking that was, about that how, was a weird thing. Yeah, that was a weird thing. It, it, I was messing around on the Wayback Machine. So, so what what I want to do is, if you guys are familiar with the Wayback Machine, any of you guys who do like do research for articles or or if you're just like interested in Sega's past and stuff like that, if you go on the Wayback Machine, you know that these sites are kind of broken, right? You know, like they're not they're there. They're like seventy five percent there, but they're not all there. Not all the links work. And what I was doing was I was using like a web crawler tool to basically just download everything and then just go hand, by hand. I was going in there and I was just kind of fixing all, all the redirects and the links and stuff like that, getting all the assets into one folder, trying to rebuild the site so that it worked like 100%, you know? And then of course I'd have to host it somewhere. I have it. I have all that stuff, all that work still done and it exists in a folder on my PC and it works like the, the HTML works and all, all the shock machine stuff works and everything, but it needs to be hosted somewhere, you know? So that's, that's what I was talking about with that project. I just wanted like an old Sega website that actually worked, you know, instead of having to like rely on the Wayback machine and all the ads that you get on top and stuff like that. Way back. Going way back. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah what, that's, uh... I wanted to talk about something else. So for this next Halloween episode, 
we're gonna have to get really creative on what constitutes a Halloween game. Um, and and I want to start getting into like the games that are like Halloween, kind of Halloweeny, but overlooked because like Bug Two, for example. Uh, Bug Two, you start out in a in a graveyard, and there's like this really really cool like Michael Jacksony style thriller kind of music, you know. Um, and like the entire entire first three levels are you know graveyard haunted house that kind of thing. Uh, Shining, Shining the Holy Ark. You spend a hell of a lot of time in like a haunted mansion, you know, in the middle of the forest, you know, and that is that's going to be I want to talk about that for for Halloween. If you guys happen to be able to have a save, you know, at the beginning of the mansion and it's Halloween, I think that's a great place to play through. There are like books flying around. There's ghosts that you can die. <laughs> you know, you can uh, there are like, um, you know, there are like those bookshelves that move out of the way and it's like a secret passage, all that kind of cool stuff. Um and then uh, Gex, 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 the original Gex, you start out in a graveyard. I'm Gex. There's the entire graveyard level, which I think is very on point for Halloween. So uh, those are just some ideas. But if you guys have any other ideas for games that qualify as Halloween themed, but are not like explicitly or obviously Halloween, uh, put them in the comments or like shoot us an email or get in our Discord server and let me know so that we can make sure that those make it into our Halloween podcast, which is coming up. And the reason I know this is because they're already selling costumes at Costco. They're already selling Halloween candy and costumes. Oh boy. I, I, bet, Costco. I bet you're, uh, I bet you're like trying to avoid that out with your kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. My son, they're all the, they're all like the cheap superhero costumes. And my son is like too original for that. He, he wants like, he wants to be like Milotic or something. Milotic or whatever. I'm just like, I cannot make you a, a Milotic costume. <laughs> Milotic? Uh, yeah. Like the, um, it's a, it's an, it's like a water type Pokemon or he wants to be like uh Raboot. <laughs> these are like later, these are like later Sinnoh. Uh, I actually have not played Sword and Shield, so I have no idea what oh, these Pokemon yeah, okay. are. Okay. Alien Sorry, Trilogy. Pokemon fans. Alien Trilogy is Halloween appropriate, and I wonder if we've talked about that already. I will have to Honestly, check. Honestly, I kind of want to do. I want to do a focus on Mansion of Hidden Souls and um, what's the other one? And Lunacy. Mansion of Hidden yeah, Souls. Yeah, Lunacy. Lunacy. I actually want to do a focus on those two because I think we've briefly talked about them, but we never like dived into them, which I think would be kind of fun. We just talked about those. What was that? Was that a cast about like games that everybody thinks is supposed to be bad, or was that our Halloween cast? I think I don't it, think there was a Halloween cast. No, it was because didn't Nick do uh Nick did He did the Alone video in on the it, dark. Yeah. Nick did Alone in the Dark. I think that was our Halloween cast, honestly. And, uh, uh, I hope not. That's way No, cuz we did games that are so bad they're like they were really bad though. So we did Lunacy and that. So I don't know why we covered Lunacy that. Lunacy is not bad though. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm confused cuz we did the so bad it's good Halloween games, remember? That's true. Because we don't want to waste it. That is. That's why it was horror bad. It was the horror bad episode. Yeah, Halloween games. Yeah, that was already. That was already almost a year ago. That's what it was. So we did. We did talk about lunacy and mansion and hidden tools last time. So, uh, alone in the dark. Yeah. uh, Nick says alone in the dark is worse than the crow. Uh, It's bad. I will give you that. It is bad. I don't know, man. I kind of want to play some good Halloween games this year. So. I do too, but I mean, you know, we're limited, right? I mean, maybe we need to start talking about Dreamcast too. On our, I guess on our I kind of want to do. I kind of want to do a cast just on uh, just on Castlevania. That'd be kind of fun. Well, we've done we've done Castlevania to death, though. You know that we we I think we've covered it on three different 
Because Pat loves Castlevania so much, it makes it into every Halloween episode. I guess that's yeah. okay. I guess that's okay. We can talk about it some more. Well, we'll, we'll figure something out. We got ideas. We need to, do, we need to plan the next cast, though. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, you know, uh, Nick is still editing, uh, and I know he's listening to this. Tap, tap, poke, poke. He's editing uh, our most recent interview, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. I know it's going to be great. Uh, and uh, you guys are going to enjoy it. So as soon as that drops, uh, we really need to start talking about like what our next cast is going to be. But yeah. Oh, Space Hulk. Space Hulk. Yes. Yes. Shadow Mask. Actually, I'd Kudos. be down. Actually, I, I, I know people that could actually be on there that know Warhammer. So yes. we can actually got, get them to talk about it. So I'd be down to get some Warhammer Space guys Hulk on is scary. Space Hulk is one of those games that gets your adrenaline up. Like you're these guys, all these like, uh, what are they? Replicants? What are they? I Tyranids. Don't know. They're coming at you. They're just killing you, and they're just in your face. I believe, yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're playing Space Marines and you're fighting Tyranids. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm fairly certain it's Tyranids, though. But if I'm wrong, definitely let me know. Yeah. Uh, it's in Space Hulk. It's not Tyranids. I don't remember what the name of them I thought is. It was Tyranids. But check it out. Um, there's a there's a YouTuber that goes by Zyrule, Z-Y-R-U-L-E. And every Sunday he's been posting, every Sunday he's been posting uh, like a new episode of Twitch, this old show that came on uh, in the mid-90s. It was a you know, game show. It was the kind that you would, v- uh, you would tape on your VCR to get the codes and stuff like that. But anyway, every Sunday he posts and there's like these old Saturn and 3DO reviews and they do a Space Hulk review. And I just, you know, I find it so nostalgic to watch that kind of stuff. I highly recommend it. He doesn't have a lot of subscribers, but uh, those of us in the know, we know that every Sunday we get like a new drop from him. So that's it's a lot of fun. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind doing a supercut thing of like best of best of Saturn on uh, on Twitch TV. Best of Saturn on Twitch on. Oh yeah, what, you know what? When he's done, and I'm I'm gonna ask him permission just just so just so I know like he's okay with it. But I would love to make a master cut of just all of the Saturn content from that show yeah. in one you know nick could probably do a better job honestly he's much better at video editing but anyway either way yeah i don't care who it is um, i mean i could do just that a yeah. ma- you could do it yeah just a master cut of all of the saturn reviews and maybe if maybe if we could fit them on a vcd or something like that, that would be cool but anyway it would be rad um yeah no that's i think that's all i got on on this uh on this Halloween retrospective, go listen to it. If you guys, you know, another thing you guys could do, uh, instead of playing Halloween Saturn games, this Halloween is just binge all of our Halloween episodes. I think, do we have three or four? I can't remember. They're like two hours a piece. So you'd have like a good eight hours of listening material. We have four. We have, we, we have four as of this last one. I'm pretty sure. And we will soon, we will soon have five 2017. 2018, 2019, 2020. I know 2021 we'll have five. So Baroque. Jeez. Dude, these guys keep dropping bombs in the chat. Baroque is a great one. Baroque has like demons. I would and like ghosts to play virus like once that. that gets translated too. You know, fun fact, Baroque is a game that I really I've mentioned this before, but I really would love it to be translated. And virus is a good call too. But um <laughs> Ben could never get out of the room out of the bedroom in virus. But uh, I'll be able to figure it out. I would love to have Baroque translated. Um, it's such a good game. Oh, Cerulean, Mr. Bones. How about that? Maybe we should cover Mr. Bones. What do you think, Pat? Uh, I think I'm going to get the band ready for that. Hold on, give me get a sec. I'm hammer. just going to get a little band hammer now. No, but in all seriousness, uh, Loaded. Nah, I don't know about Loaded. That's just... Loaded. That's the worst Metallica album. Loaded is a 
is uh from my perspective as a as a u.s gamer loaded comes across as a game that's kind of popular in the uk but for me it was like i i, I bought it i played it and i was just like this does nothing for me I get that you're like running around and you're just shooting up the place and stuff like that, but it just didn't do anything for me. But apparently it's kind of like a, a little favorite, uh, dark stalkers. I agree. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to cop. We're going to do that for sure. Because you got, you got, uh, you got a succubus, you got a, you got a vampire, you got a, you got a mummy, you got the thing mummy, from, uh, you got the, the from, uh, Frankenstein's what monster. The the, what was the one with the, the, that monster that loved the girl? Uh, that, the Guillermo del Toro movie? I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, I can't remember. I forgot the name of it. You guys in the chat know. <laughs> anyway, we are talking about Halloween in August, though. This feels weird. Uh, anyway. We're gonna have a, we're, it's always spooky month. We're, we're gonna, we, we also kind of have to like just quietly skip over Christmas because the only thing we ever talk about is Christmas nights. Or that Father Christmas we'll game, do, which uh, is terrible. A, we could play a yeah. We can play Christmas night or the sorry the was it the Saint Nick whatever. Yeah, the Saint Nick. Like you talk about Father. You talk about the Father Christmas game, oh, right? Father Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. It's so bad. That okay. There's Father. Here we are. Father Christmas, Christmas nights, and then uh, this the Sega Segata Sanshiro game where you're like, uh, you know. Is, is, isn't there a Christmas level in there because of the commercial with him, you know, taking yeah. off the Santa mask and everything? Yeah. So. Oh, there's also Mall Santa. That, yeah. uh... That's true. What if Mall Santa is done? What if that Mall Santa graphic adventure is done before Christmas? Nod, nod, I'll, wink, wink. We'll, then we'll have, something sure to talk, we'll have something to talk about in stream for this Christmas. Anyway, guys, I got to I gotta go. I got to... Um, I gotta go make oh, some pizza. Yeah, we're doing pizza Christmas night. Pony game. I we're forgot. Doing, yeah, we're doing pizza night, but uh, we are going to... I'm going to make pizza this time, so we'll see how that goes. And yes, uh, Ponut's Christmas Pony Game is another good mention. So, Steep Slope Sliders, yeah. That, okay, so you get, now you guys are getting into Christmas. I still need Halloween stuff, okay? We need this to be a really good Halloween episode. Crypt Killer, we already did. It sucked. Who did that? Ben? I think Ben did it. It sucked. <laughs> Listen to our... I, I, play, I, play, I, played, uh, the, I played Corpse Killer. That also sucked. Yes, that sucked too. Listen to our Halloween Horror Bad episode that we did for 2020. We talk all about all those sucky games. And uh, Corpse I, Killer again, Nick says. I would anyway, rather, I would rather bang my out. head against the wall. We gotta Just wrap watch this Nick's out. episode if you really want to learn about it. Yeah. But we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up. So we got to talk about... <laughs> thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you yep. guys. Yeah, let me... Uh, I actually have their names for the 10 and up. If you get... To, if you... Uh, Back us ten dollars and up, we will shout you out on the show. So we got Seawen, Emerald Nova, Thirty Two Bit Stuff, uh, Mampfus, and Super Dimension Century Orgus. I can't believe I said that in one go. I can't believe it either. That's a but mouthful. But yeah, if you want, if you want your name uh, shout on the show, just let us know. If we shouted your name already, but uh, we said it wrong, or any, you want a different name, just uh, message me on the Discord, and I'll be able to fix that for you. Yeah, and do me a favor, guys. Um, and this would really mean a lot if you could, if you could share um, our Shiro website, or you could share like our, our YouTube channel with maybe one of the other gaming-related groups that you're a member of, or Discord servers that you're on. That would really help us to grow uh, this community organically, you know. And um, that that means just as much as you know. I mean, like if you guys can't contribute uh, a dollar here or whatever, or buy the merch, you know, just sharing us out. Uh, helps us grow and it helps other people learn about i mean i just had a guy ask the other day like you guys have a podcast 
I'm like, you know, <laughs> FML. I've been doing this for four years, and there's so people that don't know. There's a Saturn. A lot podcast. of people just watch the Shiro show, actually. That's, that's true. Funny. You know, but anyway, I, and that's fine. You know, it doesn't matter how you guys consume it. But um, yeah, we have a podcast. Yeah, there's a show dedicated to Saturn. You know, isn't it great? <laughs> and uh, you guys can be in the chat here with us and be a part of the Shiro family. Join our Discord server. Talk Saturn with us. Just have fun. Uh, we're always. Uh, we're, we're, it's a welcoming community. We want, we want as many people to be part of it as, as possible. Exactly. And you can join our Discord. It's in the in, in the video description right here. And if you want to pay, buy our merch as well and help us out or back us on Patreon, it's also in the description. But, yeah, I think Dave's point is the biggest. Like, just share us out. Let people know about us. Yeah. Uh, communicate in the Discord. Uh, add us on Facebook. Add us on Twitter. Yeah. Like, if you have a question, just add us. We get ads all the time. We're not a clickbait. And we will reply to you. Yeah, we're not like a clickbaity channel or or organization. That's just not what we do. If we grow at all, one. if we grow at all, it's going to be organic. It's going to be because there of you go. guys. That's my clickbait face. There's your clickbait face. You need a big, like, a white stroke border around you. <laughs> I see it, like, just rip my mouth up. Like, uh, and like, like, to the biggest um, I could possibly get it. Tiago, I think it was Tiago that said thanks for the stream, dude. Uh, you're welcome, and please stick around because Peace. Pat is going to, yeah, Pat's gonna stream a game. He's gonna do what is it, Police Knots? So, yep, so I got, I got a bounce, so. I got a bounce, but Pat's gonna grab the stream key and he's gonna keep it going, keep the party going, and you guys can stick around and and he will unmute the chat, and so you guys can be a part of it. So, uh, get yep, on in so our just Discord stick here chat. This video, it'll be like, it'll be like five seconds. I'll hit the stream button, and we'll be good to go. All right, so until next time, this has been Saturn Dave and Trainico reminding you to play your Sega Saturn or you'll get the Peace. crap kicked out of you by Sagata-san. Sega Saturn Shiro. <laughs> until, until next time, peace.